Hi, I'm Matt Ward, and welcome to episode three of the Running Industry Podcast. For a female coach coming into the coaching business, so to speak, I had loads of support and loads of people like, I'm so glad you're doing it. You know, this is great. But then I had a lot of pushback from guys being like, well, do you think females should be coaching? You know, all all the best athletes um, are coached by males. And I just thought, well, it's only because there's only male, male coaches. Yeah, this week we're talking coaching and we're talking about women in coaching and how they're setting up some of the most interesting businesses in the industry. I don't know if She Runs Outdoors would have happened if it wasn't for people within Salomon encouraging me to do that and to actually go, no, you're good at this and, you know, believe in yourself and I can be terrible at having imposter syndrome and but actually having people go, actually, we want you to come to our event and coach these people because we like what you do is it's it's really good when you work for for yourself to actually go god yeah these people are actually believing in me yep you're listening to the running industry podcast we bring you news opinion and analysis on hot topics within the global running industry over the course of this season we'll be speaking to brand owners startups marketeers and creatives along with key figures and thought leaders from the industry We'll be delving deep as usual to find out what makes individuals and companies tick and how they see the future of the industry and the wider running world. So this week, I'm talking to Max Dempsey and Rachel Murphy, two coaches in the running industry, two women in business. Quick thank you to everybody who's been downloading and listening and reviewing the first two episodes of the Running Industry Podcast. It means a lot, it's really supportive, and it helps us push on and create more great content. So today on the Running Industry Podcast, I'm talking to Mags Dempsey from Play in the Wild UK and to Rachel Murphy from She Runs Outdoors. Can you both just give us a little breakdown as to where you're living at the moment and what you're uh, getting up to in the times of COVID-19? I'm Mags Dempsey. I'm currently living in Cumbria in Kendal. Moved up here the second week of lockdown. Very limited time to explore and meet new people. But since obviously restrictions have lifted, it's been a lot better. And yeah, it's just been like... Moving up here, I started a new job. Um, obviously, I have my own business, uh, but that's had to take a little bit of a back step um, and just basically dealing with the lockdown pressures, really. So as you do, middle of lockdown, and you kind of go, I tell you, I'll just move house. I don't, I don't like COVID-19 in the south of England. I'm going to the north. <laughs> yeah, I'll just move somewhere else. Yeah, where it's a bit colder and rainier. <laughs> Awesome. And Rach, you're down there in the sweaty southeast. I am, yes. So I live down here. I'm a mum of three, live here with my family. I'm originally from Yorkshire, Derbyshire. um, And yeah, moved down here 20 years ago near the South Downs, Surrey Hills. Beautiful trail running country. It's lovely. Very runnable trails. Very, very, very lucky here. And how have you been a bit about homeschooling and the like? Homeschooling, yeah. Um, trail running became my very important escape at the end of my homeschooling day. <laughs> so yeah, at the start of lockdown, obviously couldn't 
run the business anyway. I had to put that all on hold and concentrate on the family. But trail running became my escape at the end of the day. Now things are getting a bit back to normal. The kids are on holiday as well. So business has been able to start going again, really. Before we get into talking a little bit more about your businesses and how you got into all of that, um, you're obviously both runners and you're both accomplished runners. I'm going to say it there first and foremost. Mags, let's start with you. What inspired you to get into running and how long have you been doing it? I started road running in 2009. I would say officially, I say officially, like I'm not really officially a runner, as in like an elite runner or anything, but officially I started running more in 2009 because that's when I started training for my first marathon. But before that, um, I was sort of already sort of running with my friend who was training for the Navy. So I used to just go out with her and um, do like her training runs with her. I mean, it wasn't really a training one. It was more like we'd gone out drinking the night before. And then she was like, I need to go running tomorrow. Do you want to come with me? So we got up at like 7 a.m. after having like three hours sleep and then go running for like seven or eight miles. At the time, I had no clue what I was doing. Like I was just going running with my friend. But then she went to the Navy and that sort of stopped. And then I just had like a really bad lifestyle. Like I worked in a pub. I lived in a pub. I was smoking a lot. I was drinking a lot. My whole social life was based in a pub. I didn't do anything else but drink and socialize in a pub. And I just thought, you know, I'm like 20, early 20s. I just can't keep doing this. I was getting quite ill all the time. So I wanted to change my life. So I just started back at the gym and then started running on a treadmill. And then that's when I was like, I'm going to do a marathon. And I started like, I would say seriously training, even though I still had no clue what I was doing. Uh, for my first marathon. But that's that's really why I started running. Um, but then I just got the running bug and I'm quite a determined and stubborn person and I won't let anyone, anything beat me. Um, so my first marathon was like five hours 20 and I was like, no, I'm going to go back and I need to do that better. And then that's what just kept me going and kept me running really. Where, where was that marathon, Mags? London. One to start with. Yeah. I had no clue what a marathon was. I just, this lady used to come into the pub and she's got, oh, I'm running a marathon next week. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And then I thought, well, she can run a marathon. I could run a marathon. Signed up. And then I went for a run with a run club and did like five miles without stopping. And they were like, oh, you know, what are you training for? I was like, I'm doing London Marathon. And they were like, oh, what's your longest training? I was like, oh, this, this is the longest run I've done without stopping. <laughs> they were like, you've got 12 weeks. I was like, oh, right. Okay. And then I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? I did 20 mile runs before I did a 10K race, a 5K race or a half marathon. And then it took me five hours, 20 to do it. So good day out. It was a good day out. How did you, you know, how did you get into trail running and, and, you know, running obviously longer distances than the marathon? So trail running was always something that I was, I was like, wow, like I would love to do this. There was a lady at my run club in Dunstable and she asked me once and she said, oh, I'm doing an ultra marathon. Again, I had no clue what it was. And um, she was like, oh, and I need people to help me through the night to make sure I don't fall asleep and to help me eat. Do you want to come and join me? And I just thought, this woman's mad. Like, what is she doing? I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine. And I thought, she's crazy. Why is she asking me to do this stuff? And, um, and then, because uh, I was obviously road running then, and I was really trying hard to get better. For me at the time, it was all about time, time, time. I just wanted to be as good as everyone else. Then I tried triathlons, really enjoyed like the sprints and the super sprints. And I went up to like Olympic distance. Um, and then I did, I got really injured with an Achilles injury and I couldn't run for like nine months. 
um, and I was on crutches and stuff. I thought it was really bad. So um, I went to this guy who was a running technique coach in London and then he coached me for six months to get back to running. And we worked on like the pose method and it was all about technique and being efficient. And he told me about ultra running and trail running. And this is how people really you know, are able to run more consistently for longer. This is why you need to work on your technique and your biomechanics. And it really like made me see differently about how running should be because my perspective of running was just go out and go as hard as you can to get the best time you can get. Um, And that's what I always had in my head. And then I realized I didn't actually like running like that. Like there was no purpose for it for me because I'm not, I'm not like a fast runner. I, I can be like really consistent. I can endure for longer. Um, and then I met a guy in London, started running on the trails with him. And then we watched like um, Sally McRae's uh, Western States um, like video on YouTube. And I was just like, oh my God, I want to do an ultra. I was like, this is for me. Like they eat, they just, they look like they're having so much fun. And then, yeah. And then I was just like, I want to do 30 miles for my 30th birthday. And I didn't. And then I did London Marathon again because I really wanted to get 3.30 and I didn't do it because i just come back from injury and I was really depleted and I thought, that's it, I'm not running ever again. I'm just no good at it. And then my friend Veronica said to me literally two hours after, she's like, oh, there's a 50K ultra and Race of the Stones. And a girl we knew called Sorrel was doing like a women's movement to get as many women in the trail scene as possible because there was only like a 20 split to like 80 of females at the race. She wanted to do 50-50. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And Veronica was like, oh, I thought you didn't want to run anymore. And I was like, no, but I want to do this. Like, and I did it. And it was the best thing I've ever done. I was just like, this is amazing. Like, no one cares. Everyone just loves the fact that everyone's out on the trails. Yeah. So you obviously got that different, you got that different vibe from trail running. London is, you know, you can't really compare it to anything else anyway, can you? Certainly in this country. Definitely that vibe, isn't it? Where people feel it's come as you are, isn't it? Well, that's it. It was just, it didn't, I, I turned up and normally for me, the, my, my perspective of a runner was a really slim person who trains really hard and they have a coach and they're really, really good and they pull out all these amazing times. And I was just like, I rocked up to this ultra and I was like, no one's really skinny. No one's wearing little pants. No one cares about anyone's times everyone's celebrating everyone's success no matter how long or you know it took anyone like everyone's eating cake at the end and drinking beers eating cake in the middle well yeah (laughs) i was like this what how have i not been doing this like i've missed out and so much like this is this is for me like this is what i want to be around because people just don't care they just care that you're there doing it um and they just celebrate every success about it and it, it just doesn't matter who you are and that's what that's what got me that's so inspiring. That's a really interesting story. And uh, obviously, you've gone on to do a lot more since then as well. R- uh, Rach, from your point of view, obviously down the southeast, but up in Derbyshire, have you been a, a runner all that time or have you, uh, are you a recent convert? I guess I started running um, kind of the end of primary school and all the way through school. And I did a lot of cross country, a lot of athletics and a lot of other sport. I was that typical sporty kid. And then I got to the end of secondary school and discovered partying and boys and going to raves and everything stopped. Like my sport stopped, going riding stopped, everything. Um, And I spent 
a bit like Mag's saying, spent a good few years where it was all about having a different sort of good time and getting wrecked and going a little bit off the rails. <laughs> um, and then I didn't do anything until I was about 38. And it was a mix of things. It was that approaching 40. It was my dad had died and I'd I'd really kind of I suppose I'd gone back to those slight vices of coping with my dad's death of like you know getting drinking again and things like that and I was just I just woke up and I was just like I, I was feeling low I didn't feel like I was being me and I thought I was, I was sitting there thinking actually my dad would be really disappointed that this is this is his legacy <laughs> you know and I had a fantastic GP at the time and I'd gone to see her and she was a runner. And um, she said, you know, what did you enjoy sport wise when you were younger? And I was telling her about cross country and she said, well, you know, get back into running and gave it a bit of a go and did too much too soon, got shin splints, uh, went back to her and she was like, look, we live in the countryside. You know, when you get, when, when this is all healed and you get back, get on softer, softer ground. I slowly started again. And then there was this one day where I'm in these road shoes running across the Sussex slippy <laughs> mud because I decided to venture off into the fields and the woods slipping all over the place uh one of those crisp bright autumn mornings and I just was like actually this is what I loved about running being out in the countryside and so not long after that I signed up for it was just a really short trail race it was um Maverick race signed up for one of their races was really really nervous felt like you know I didn't belong there at first but then I arrived and it was really, really cool. They'd got a really cool vibe. And so I think I got lost on that first race. I followed somebody who wasn't in the race, um, but loved it and went and did another one a few weeks later. Um, and then, yeah, that was, that was me firmly on the trails. So this is the Running Industry Podcast. Um, I'm talking to Mags Dempsey from Play in the Wild UK and to Rachel Murphy from She Runs Outdoors. So I'd like to now get into, if we can, just talk a little bit more about the businesses. Um, uh, Mags, Play in the Wild UK, tell us a little bit more about your business based in, obviously up in the lakes at the moment, but you're expanding, I know. And just tell us how it all came to fruition and how it all started. Basically... I wanted to be a running coach so I could help people, not just bring them out on a, on a guided run. It was just like, I actually want to help people understand like how to run better. Like if they want to become better, like what can you do to be better, but not put so much pressure on yourself. Um, so I moved out of London. I trained as a coach. I qualified as UK, UK athletics coach. And then I just thought, I just want to combine this all together. And I want to give more skill-based and more coaching-based stuff rather than just lets me up and go for a run. And that's where Play in the Wild came from because I just wanted to bring all that together and have it as like a business venture so I could give people the knowledge as, as a running coach, help them on workshops, so give them like the right techniques so they could become more efficient on the trails. And then on the guided runs that I provide, it's more like, I would like to say more personalized and more premium so because it's more specific to what people need and I've always had a focus of building a wider community in the UK 
So Wild Trail Runners is, sits under the umbrella of Play in the Wild UK. And then we have Play in the Wild in the Children's because that's where we originated from. Um, and I have Jono who's leading down there, who's doing an amazing job. And then myself up in the Lake District now um, and just providing more community-based, socialized running and community-based stuff rather than being so specific about times and races and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. You know, we all in this world, we all need to enjoy what we do, but we also need to pay the bills as it were. Is there an income model, you know, for it as well, Mags? Is is it, you know, are people paying for a service as it were? Yeah, well, people pay for a monthly plan, um, which obviously they get a training plan specific to them. It's all bespoke, Um, regular communication with myself. But outside of that is about the relationship building as well. Um, So, you know, most of my athletes I've now become friends with. Um, I've gone to some of their races, you know, working with them on different things, running with them, taking them out on recce's of their routes and stuff. Um, and, and then, yeah, with trail running workshops and guided runs, um, they're all paid for as well because it is more, um, skill-based and knowledge-based. So I do share a lot of the coaching side and help people with their technique. Um, and then, which would have been this year would have been a trail weekend that I was doing in Scotland, but with COVID obviously that's gone, but going into next year, I'm already starting to plan different um, trail weekends and, and like an athlete camp type um, week that I want to deliver with a few other people um, just to give people like a lot of variation of how to trail and mountain run because they're two very different things. We've seen the history of kind of coaching and how it works. And, you know, it's always tended before the new era that has come in in the last, say, decade. So it's always tended to be something that was voluntary and they were based at clubs and, and to be asking people to pay you for, you know, a service, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago would have been a lot more difficult. Whereas people now, they're happy to go to the Pilates classes and pay, you know, kind of makes sense, right? That paying for a service with somebody who's qualified is going to give you some great information and make you better at what you want to do, then people have got to start paying for these things. Well, that's it. And everyone has everything so specific when it comes to any type of running or any sport, really. It's not like one size fits all. It's very, very bespoke. So, you know, there's a lot more work that's involved, but also it's a lot more fun for like me as a coach to get to know my athletes in different ways because I get to work in different ways and challenge myself in different ways and learn, but also get to see them develop in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when it comes to, you know, an income and a a livelihood, you know, it's always going to be better if you're concentrating as much as possible in that as opposed to it being you know something on the side that you do at the weekends you know your nine to five is in an office and then you kind of do play in the wild when you can fit it in you're always going to be in a better position if you can concentrate on that and make it you know your main income Rach she runs outdoors tell us a little bit about how that works in terms of a, a business venture but also how you work with the community okay so obviously a little bit in the title of my business um I'm aimed primarily at women um, and getting more women into trail running. The reason for that, um, when I started running and getting myself out there more, I was having a lot of women who were road runners um, who who were just saying that they really wanted to get into trail running and they they loved seeing, say, my Instagram posts or something like that, but they were really nervous to go out on their own on the trails they were worried about getting lost about um getting attacked and things like that and 
I kind of like to me that I I don't I personally don't get that I feel safer on the trails than I do running down the roads where somebody might grab me or I might get hit by a car or something like that um but I did understand where they were coming from um so I was starting to realize that there was a lot of people kind of wanting this type of thing and people were already asking me for tips and advice and I was like thinking I'm not qualified to tell you this you know I can tell you what works for me but I'm not qualified um and then I was I was working a lot with um another Salomon ambassador Matt Buck um who you both know and I know um Matt um, I think he spoke to you as well, didn't he, um, Mags? And was was really, really encouraging and saying, you know, well, you should, you know, you should get your get a coaching qualification, and you'd be really good. And and hearing somebody else say that to me, and I, I know he because he spoke to me about he was really encouraging you as well, wasn't he, Mags? And he was like really giving me that kind of push. So I started looking, and um, I decided to go and do the course up in Yorkshire with the um it's governed by UK Athletics but it's um delivered by the Fell Running Association. Kind of kept that quite quiet but kind of cracked on with it and got myself qualified last year and started up She Runs Outdoors. Part of the reason as well with aiming it at women was for my own safety as well of like you know meeting up with random people and in in remote areas as well so um but I really realized that there was a lot of women wanting to ask questions wanting to know things but like maybe staying quiet and wanting that kind of like (laughs) that like validation that it was okay and just being allowed to sort of like organically progress in their own journey um so started off with uh, a mixture of doing um I did guided trail runs which have a lot of like Max was saying you're you're there offering tips and advice along the way and people are asking you questions bit from what kit to use or you know learning new routes I mean I love seeing people redo one of my routes it's like brilliant they're out there they've done it again and they've gone with a mate and that's great um and that's that's also led on to uh, my one-to-one clients who very similar to mags it's it's online um it's tailored it's fitting it in with their lifestyle we're constantly adjusting things as things you know we i have a very holistic approach because i'm i'd said more i'm more aimed at like that grassroots kind of thing the kind of people who are trying like me they're like either busy mums or working women who are just trying to juggle everything they're not they're not elites they're they're trying to fit in their hobby and their passion and do it well but in with their their everyday life so really take really getting to know them and you know whether that's through video calls or whether it's actually getting out on the trails and running with them um learning what what works for them and how to coach them with technique with the mindset of things i mean it's inspiring both of you obviously inspiring what you're doing certainly from a um, community point of view and also from um, a, a coaching point of view. I don't think it's wrong to say that there aren't that many female coaches doing what you're both doing in trail running. Was it an advantage or disadvantage when it comes to promoting what you do um, to be a female? And do you think that there needs to be a greater push for more female coaches in general within running? 
yeah, I I would say for me, I had probably both advantage and disadvantage. So I had, to be honest, a lot of support, which has been amazing. Um, when I first started, loads of people kept saying to me for years, what you need to be a coach. You're so good at how you communicate. You're really good at like coaching people and leading people. And, you know, my, I worked in a lot of management roles for a long time. I did like a lot of coaching courses through work because I used to work for Nike. And the one thing I loved to do at work was train. I used to love training my teens. It was all about developing them and seeing their progression. And then when I like was with well trail runners, I used to be able to like, you know, give a lot of like advice, like Rach says, you give a lot of advice, but you're not qualified. And there's a lot of personal stuff and you want to help as many people as possible. But at the same time, you're like, if I give you information, it doesn't work and something happens to you, then, you know, I'm not qualified to give you that, but I want to help you and I want to be qualified. So that's where I made that step. And, and for me, I, I've always been coached when I had a coach by males. And the one thing that I've been really focusing on the past few months is how females are coached by and, and not in a bad way by males because there's no sort of like disconnection between a female body and a male body like there's no sort of like difference whereas actually with females it's like we, we have so much different things that we need support with and that's something that I'm currently working with my female athletes on at the minute um but for a female coach coming into the coaching business so to speak at this, I had loads of support and those people like I'm so glad you're doing it you know, this is great. But then I had a lot of pushback from guys being like, well, do you think females should be coaching? You know, all, all the best athletes um, are coached by males. And I just thought, well, it's only because there's only male, male coaches. Like we don't have enough female coaches because we don't get to see that, you know? So how can we know that these elite athletes are doing, aren't doing well because, you know, they only have, they're only doing well because they have a male um, coach because we don't have enough females to be able to showcase that. And like my, my athletes, I have like probably 70% males than what I do to females. And I would love to have a 50-50 split, but I actually get more males. And they have said that they actually prefer to be coached by a female, um, which is great. Um, so, so there's always going to be that advantage and disadvantage. But for me, I think, you know, the disadvantages and the pushback that I've had has only made me more determined and more stronger to keep doing what I'm doing because I feel like we don't have enough females. And when Matt told me about Rachel and me and Matt had a chat and was like, I said to Matt, Rachel needs to be a coach. Like if she runs outdoors, you know, she needs to like be like that prominent female coach for the female runners. She's got a great, you know, business model. Like it's going to be amazing. And then he said, Oh yeah, she's done like her fell running um, coaching competition. I was like, what? And I was like, this is amazing. I was like, why is she not coaching? Um, and at the time for me, I've always been a bit like, I don't know any other female coaches except for Rach. Like I know of, but I don't know personally. So I was like, yes, Rachel needs to do this as well. Like we need to like have more females and, you know, just to give that support because females are so different to males. And when we coach, it's so much more different. Um, and it's great that she's doing it just for females. And I think that's amazing. You know, diversity in society is a massive subject at the moment. Oh, yeah. You know, whether it's race or gender. And it's not as if it's purely because let's get some balance here. It is because in my view, in my view, there's a wealth of untapped talent, knowledge, expertise in the 
certainly in the female side of things, in terms of running. I've been in trail running for a number of years. I've been in running for a number of years. And I've over the years met some really inspiring females. And they just, you know, in the past, they kind of faded back into into the group. You know, I wanted to do exactly what you've done there, Max, and say, look, you you could be a great leader. You could be a great coach. Have you had a similar experience in that, Rach? Um, I do know some female coaches. I mean, I really look up to Julia Davis. I think she's fantastic. Um, and um, there's a local coach, um, Jude, who's set up uh, We Run Trail, which is a um, kind of community of coaches. But yeah, so I do, I do see female coaches out there. But I think um, there probably does need to be more going back to what Mag said, I mean, I'll be coaching and I'm asking my coaching clients um, about, you know, when do they get the period? Because it affects when, how we train. Um, I, I'm talking to one client about perimenopause and how that's affecting things and how that affects sleep, how that affects how much energy she has on at certain times and things like that. Um, I think there are guys that are coaches that will ask that, but I don't think because it doesn't affect them personally, they maybe overlook it. You know, it's quite a personal thing to talk about. Exactly. It is, isn't it? It's, and it might be seen in this day and age that if, you know, if, if, a, if a guy was in a one-to-one asking a woman about menopause, in a way it could be seen certainly different to if two girls were talking about it. Yeah. And I think even if you're a male coach who's like very forward thinking and would ask about cycles and things like that, you have to think about, how much is a, a, an athlete actually going to open up about that? You know? Um, and that is again, that kind of one-to-one coaching, that relationship you're building up with a client to be able to be having that sort of conversation. It's such a, it's such an important thing to have. And it's, it, definitely affects us all I didn't realize quite how much until I was coaching and in fact it was a male coach on my course who got me to listen to the Dr Stacey Sims podcast that was on Training Peaks their podcast and she talks in depth about it bought her book afterwards and just about like kind of putting getting your cycle in sync with your training and when to push harder and where you know and and also understanding that it affects us all differently as well. You're listening to the Running Industry Podcast. This week with Mags May Dempsey and Rachel Murphy. If you want to support the podcast, you can head over to our Patreon page and pledge some support. The links are in the show notes, and you can also find out a whole lot more about the podcast at our dedicated website, runningindustrypodcast.com. For now, though, on with the show. And in this next section, we talk to Rach and Mags about what it's like to juggle a business in the 24-7 world we live in. What, one thing that get, comes to mind for me is that, you know, in business, or certainly if it's your job or livelihood or part of your livelihood, is that, you know, we all need to have these times, hopefully, when we can kind of switch off. 2020 lockdown, COVID-19 has meant that basically we're all switched on for 24 hours, which whether that's going to be helpful or not, I don't know. I'm being coached by you, Mags, and it's 11 o'clock at night, and I don't know if I should wear my trail shoes or whatever in the morning, and I've got a bit of a twinge in my calf, and I'm thinking, I'm going to WhatsApp Mags, and it's half 11 at night. Yeah. Do you have boundaries? Do you know what? That's just normal. Is it? Yeah, honestly. um, It literally is a 24 hours a day, like, business. 
you know, if I'm going away somewhere or I'm like, I'm going on holiday or I'm not going to be around, I'll just, I'll let people know, Oh, by the way, I'm going away here because, um, so I may not be contactable for this amount of time, but drop me a WhatsApp. And this is the key thing. And this is what, what coaching is actually about. And it's not just about a training plan. It's about the communication and it's about building that trust and that relationship together to be able to, I'm just going to drop her a WhatsApp. You know, I'll be in bed obviously at half 11 night because I wake up at five o'clock in the morning. So I'm in bed at like nine o'clock because I'm just like, you know, a really early riser. But as soon as I wake up at 5am, I have that WhatsApp. First thing I do is reply back to it. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's what it is. And if, if I didn't have that, and then one of my athletes say, three or four sessions into that week, I'm reading their feedback and I'm like, why are they struggling so much? Like, why, why are they not wanting to run? And then I contact them and say, Hey, like what's happened? They say, Oh yeah, well I had a bit of an eagle on Monday, but I was going to message you, but I didn't. I'd be like, I'm more like, but why? Like you need to tell me so I can help you. So we can one, not make this issue worse stop what's going to happen potentially if you do have an eagle, but also the communications key. So then I can help rehab you or give you other um, adjustments to make and adapt the plan to suit your needs. Because one, you might just be really tired and stressed from work because last week you did a heavy training week, plus you had all these meetings. So this week we'll just cut it back and we just adapt it as it goes. And it's not just a here's six weeks or 12 weeks and you have to do it. And if you miss a session, then that's your fault. It's communicate with me, let me know and we adjust it to your needs. And that's exactly what coaching is. It's not just about a training plan. It's, it's about the person. The plan fits around them. They don't fit around the plan. And that's how, how, how it happens. Interesting. I had somebody last week who basically wanted me to just write a plan, just pay for a plan. And I was like, no. but that's not what I do. I then don't know if you're going in too hard, if you're doing, you know, that's not coaching. That's, that's writing a plan. A plan you can just get off off the internet yeah because i'm going to drop in a four-letter word here that actually applies to both of you and that it's life coaching as well isn't it uh, you know what when i started coaching a guy a couple of years ago his mum emailed me and she sent me this massive email thanking me on how much i've helped him improve his life through coaching him in running she was like, it seems like you're the only woman he actually takes advice from and i just laughed about it but and he was like but it's true because you've really helped me you know, I still coach him now and it's not just about the running like his whole life has changed and the way that he looks at his life is different that's it it's not just about running it's not just about kitten sessions or you know achieving a pb or doing or, or you know going out and doing the race all the little things about life and mentality and how they look at things is actually probably 80 to 90 percent of the coaching Let's just move on and talking about COVID-19 for both of you. In terms of how you operate, how did you both initially get into you know, the mindset of, okay, things are different and how are you now, like six months later, starting to kind of come out of it? Um, initially, obviously, uh, we couldn't run in groups, so everything, all my group runs had to stop. I was really pleased that my online coaching clients, even though their races got cancelled, they still wanted that structure and they were stuck with me. They wanted, um, you know, we, we changed. In fact, me and Mags had our own little Zoom meeting, didn't we, to, to discuss uh, both, you know, what we felt was best practice. And it's really nice having um, other coaches that you can do that with. Um, so we just, you know, worked at getting a structure and going back to kind of basics of building bases and then once 
we could start running a little bit more than that once a day. We looked at sort of setting personal challenges and things like that. The group running completely stopped, um, but for, for initially, of course, anyway, but I was so busy homeschooling. So <laughs> uh, financially, because I'm a new business, I couldn't get apply for any of the grants and things like that. So, but luckily I have, my husband has a decent job, so we're okay. As far as like, I think both myself and Mags talked about how we both learned more about the business side of things because of things we were having to do. Um, I learned a lot more about my accounting side of things because I had to completely refund um, a weekend and learned all ins and outs of that. Um, Lots and lots of reading, but a really good way of making me actually go and talk to other coaches and find out and, and, build those community you know that wider community of of other people that are in the same boat and 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 sort of talking things through so that's been really good as far as how things are going in the future is I'm feeling actually feeling really quite optimistic um think that lockdown has made a lot more not a lot more roadrunners get out on and explore trails um and they're showing up on my runs or they're messaging me, asking me for a kit. You know, people that I've always known as being marathon runners are ringing me up and asking me, you know, what what pack should I have? And they're wanting to come along my runs. And they're also now going, signing up for trail races, which I think have a better outlook than the mass participation road races. Um, I know Maverick is starting up now. Centurion have just... Um, started as well and and so these small racing communities which it's much easier to socially distance it's much easier to to do the staggered starts um so as a whole i think i think there's going to be more people out there wanting more people have discovered more people have discovered running full stop max how about you and uh, covid um yeah very similar to rach um i had like guided runs workshops all set up ready to go I had um, I was in the process of planning my first trail weekend in Scotland which is basically um, going up to Clinochleven and wrecking some of the Ring of Steel Sky route um, um, so all of that was just you know already planned for um, which had to stop so that was like a big hit and it was like wow okay um, what am I going to do now obviously I have coaching athletes online um, I lost probably I say two or three of them but then over the course of the first few weeks of COVID, I then started to gain more people. So then I gained five extra athletes, which covered over the ones that I lost. And I was like, wow, okay, right. Um, I, didn't, I didn't think that anything was going to happen. I thought, that's it. I'm just going to, you know, potentially see a few more drift off. But same as Rachel, like the determination to keep a structure and, and to keep training for my athletes was amazing. It really inspired me. Um, and it sort of like kept me going as well. Um, I was also coaching at a school, um, in Letchworth and I lost my job there at the start as well. So I sort of got hit quite hard all at once. So the coaching side for me was what is literally what kept me going. Um, like kept my motivation, my focus on playing the wild as well. I was also planning to move to the Lake District 
and obviously my business had gone a bit flopped because of obviously COVID. We couldn't do any guided runs or anything. And then I managed to secure a job up here in a care home uh, where I do admin. So I became a key worker um, full time. And that was really like my saving grace to come up to the lakes to be able to expand Play in the Wild UK and to offer guided runs up here and trail weekends and workshops. Um, so there's obviously a scope of opportunity up here. Um, with Play in the Wild, I've communicated with Rach quite a lot in terms of like guidelines. We spoke about the UK athletics, um, like restrictions and what we should be doing to support COVID and make sure that people who do come to our runs or workshops obviously are supported with like hand sanitizer and we're doing and taking every measure that we can to make everyone safe. There is a lot of interest and the trail running side has been booming for the past few years. And I think from this year into next year, it's just going to get even bigger. Uh, you and Rachel are both Salomon ambassador athletes as well in the UK. There's a, there's a, there's a big gang of you all. How does that work? Well, for me, I've been a Salomon ambassador from about 2017. So quite a long time, actually. Um, I came on board because of the focus of just getting as many people on the trails um, and building community. And that's what Salomon's about. We're all from different walks of life. We all have our different abilities. We all have strengths and different terrains. Not all of us are trail runners. There are some road runners on there. Um, and the best thing about being part of that is that we all support each other because we just love being outdoors and we love running and we love being part of the community. Um, with Salomon, it is obviously we get supported by them. We get kit, which is great. Um, but at the same time, we do also promote the brand. We also support at different events. So like Love Trails Festival when they were there. They do different um, um, workshops at different stores like at Pete Bland's and Kendall and stuff. So we'll go and we'll coach um, the workshops. We'll go to the Salomon festivals and we'll do like talks and, you know, we'll be a part of the community and we'll promote the festival to get people involved so people are aware of what's happening. Um, so it is very much... Uh, um, like Salomon support us, but we also support Salomon as well. Um, so it's a very um, balanced way of working with them. Um, but then as a business, Salomon support me a lot with my business. So, you know, we have demo pulls of shoes and packs so that we can, you know, give that advice on kit to other runners. Um, they will support with like little gifts if we do like competitions. Um, so there's a wide range of stuff that we both do for each other um, and it works pretty well. And Rach, you're slightly more recent than Mags in terms of your ambassadorial role. So yeah, I'm an ambassador for um, Salomon, Sinto and um, Silver Global as well. As brands, it doesn't feel like these like kind of big corporate brands. They, like Mags said, they're very much about the community and being an ambassador for them is actually just being about being authentic and sharing your love of trail running and we're in the community we're talking with people it's far more than as mag said we get some free kit but it's far more than that it's it's you know we've both talked about the salomon family and it really does feel like a family um i don't know if people think that we just say that we're not one of these brands who has absolutely loads of ambassadors. We're, we are, we all chat to each other. We've got our group chat and we all chat to each other separately. We meet up for runs either arranged by Salomon or just off our own back because we, we all really, really get along. Being able to 
have that backup from um, a brand who actually cares about their ambassadors is really important because then you want to do things for them. You want to you want to be out there um, going to the Salomon Festival and sitting with you, Matt, talking about kit or going and and um, doing a workshop at the festival and. You, f- you feel really proud to be part of that. Um, it's a really, really nice environment. Um, you know, as a coach, because we work on our own, we de- we're not getting that feedback from your boss or anything like that. But working with a brand, you are getting that that feedback. And then, you know, I don't know if She Runs Outdoors would have happened if it wasn't for people within Salomon encouraging me to do that and to actually go, no, you're good at this. And you know, believe in yourself and I can be terrible at having imposter syndrome and but actually having people go, actually, we want you to come to our event and coach these people because we like what you do is it's it's really good when you work for you, for yourself to actually go, God, yeah, these people are actually believing in me. It's all extremely inspiring. I've been incredibly inspired in the last hour. Just to wrap up, uh, Mag's playing the wild. You're up in Kendall now. You're up in the lakes. What does the next couple of years hold for you? Um, so obviously just expanded up here. So it's really just growing, um, not just the business side, but me personally, um, getting to know more people and just explore more up here and what I can offer other people when they come to the lakes. I want to be part of the community up here. Um, so there's a massive opportunity up here to grow that community even more. And having Play in the Wild and the Children's is just an even bigger opportunity to bring people from the south up to the lakes and combine it for like a big guided run or like a trail weekend to meet other people and grow the trail community even bigger. Um, and and that's really what it's about. And just building my coaching platform. So, you know, I'd love to take more athletes on. I want to see people progress more. Um, like I said, trail running for me is going to be booming even more over the couple next couple of years. So like I said earlier on, like delivering more trail weekends, but more places in the lakes, because there's so many places up here that people just don't know, you know, you know, your hell balance, your blend Caffrey's and Skittles, but there's so much more like really nice special places that people just don't know of. And it'd be great to just get people up and showcase them that. Fantastic. How about you, Rach? I think I'm hoping that we, we will be able to progress and have weekends next year and that we won't be still in a situation where we're having to cancel weekends because I think a lot of my clients are either busy working women or their mums and they want that escape on the trails you know and that really kind of time to like just like disappear and make friends and you know get a bit of coaching get a bit of advice and just really have that kind of switch off you know learn that trail running uh you don't need to pause your watch you can sit down and look at the view and have a giggle and it doesn't matter how long you're out on the trails and just that real switch off and encouraging each other just to kind of push that little bit harder and be that little bit more adventurous as far as like my coaching clients I probably don't want to take too many more on I've I do have to remember that for me, this isn't a full-time thing. I've got a family as well. And I think for me to take on too many would be diluting it for my clients that I currently have. Me and Mags have talked about doing collaborations before. and I think it'd be really great to get a bunch of my runners up into the lakes 
and you know go and do a combined weekend where I'm bringing people to mags and the two of us can work together um, I've been in talks with my yoga teacher about having a sort of a, a wellness weekend where we we get we we found a place that we'd like to go to and offer trail running and yoga and you know as the kids go back to school then I'll be offering like more of those like technique workshops and things like that so lots to be planning mags dempsey and rachel murphy you've both absolutely opened my eyes um over the last hour or so as to you know what you're both doing you're inspiring people you're inspiring females you're inspiring males think that both businesses have got pardon the pun loads of legs opportunities and this whole support mechanism community aspect is going to be so big in running whether it's in cities or whether it's out in towns or out on the trails and i think what you're doing is superb and inspiring good luck to you both over the next few months and years Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, a massive thank you to Rachel Murphy from She Runs Outdoors and to Mags Dempsey from Play in the Wild UK. Two women, two coaches, inspiring runners and in turn creating great businesses as they do it. You can find links to their social media and their websites in the show notes. I'll be really grateful for any feedback and how you think we can improve the show. And if you like what you've heard and to get our latest shows as they're released, make sure that you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at Run Industry and via our website, runningindustrypodcast.com. Keep listening, keep downloading, keep feeding back, because with that feedback, with that support, we're going to carry on making great content with great guests, all for you. I'm Matt Ward, and the Running Industry Podcast is an Amplify production. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.